This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, it's time for our economic update with KVMR's financial guy, Gary Zimmerman. Well, Gary, lots of economic news in the past couple weeks. Uh, Let's look at some of the highlights. Let's start with the Federal Reserve. It, It made headlines because of raising interest rates to fight inflation. A lot of us don't understand that. Can you explain it to us? Well, Paul, last month after the Fed met, uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell said the Fed was watching for, I think he put it as clear and convincing signs that the inflation that we're seeing, the high inflation was fading or slowing. Uh, But he also said that if inflation pressures and indicators weren't slowing, then the Fed would have to take faster and, and more aggressive action to raise interest rates, to slow the economy and to slow inflation as well. Um, so, you know, big picture, the Fed needs to take away the stimulus from low interest rates that was necessary to get the economy recovering from the deep 2020 COVID recession. And and by 2021, the economy had been growing faster than normal and was, you know, already at or near full employment. So conditions that could add to inflationary pressures. So, you know, with the impacts of COVID and supply chain, supply chain disruptions, you know, since 2020, and with, you know, the 2022 shock to the global economy and especially energy and food prices caused by the war in Ukraine and the economic sanctions on Russia, you know, the increase in the inflation rate has become more persistent and risen faster than it would have uh, than would have been anticipated. And, and so at this point, Fed, Fed policymakers need to act just to slow inflation. All right, Gary. So remind us, what are the Fed's goals for the economy? Well, Congress gives the Fed two goals for the economy, full employment. Today, that's probably around 4% unemployment rate and controlling inflation. And that means low and stable inflation. And so the Fed has set a goal there as an average inflation rate of around 2%. So clearly right now, the, you know, Fed is on track on the full employment goal, uh, but they're way over with the inflation rate at, you know, in the 6 to 9% range, depending on how you measure it. Well, what action did the Fed take? Um, I think it was just last week. Yes, the the action that got the most notice was the Fed raising the overnight interbank um, loan interest rate, or it's called the Fed funds rate, uh, by three quarters of a percentage point from three quarters to one percent range, uh, all the way up to one and a half to one and three quarters percent range. And this was the first three quarters percent increase in you know nearly. Uh, uh, nearly three decades. So it's, you know, also was much larger than the one half a percent increase that was expected just a, a month or two ago. And so, you know, that means higher borrowing costs for business and consumers and, and will tend to slow the economy. You know, and, and one other thing, just quickly in June, Fed also began to gradually reduce the size of its assets, which are, you know, at about $9 trillion today. And that's an action that puts, you know, also puts upward pressure on longer term market interest rates or, you know, what we might call that quantitative tightening. Were these Fed decisions to raise interest rates by three quarter of a percent in June and indicating in the statement after the meeting that the Fed could do the same again in July? That's a surprise. Or did the markets expect that to happen? And how about you? Were you surprised on this? 
Well, the tighter monetary policies or higher interest rates, uh, were they anticipated? I would say yes, absolutely. The Fed chair's comments in May were a, a clear signal that if the inflation numbers didn't peak or begin to fall, the Fed would have to move more aggressively against inflation. You know, and, and as everyone knows who's bought food, gas, seen rent increases, or bought a used car knows that the overall inflation rate is, you know, far above the Fed's 2% inflation goal. And, you know, depending on which measure of inflation you look at, the overall inflation rate for the economy is somewhere between 6 and 9% over the past year. You know, it's way above the Fed's 2% goal. You know, and some critics obviously think the Fed had, has waited too long and, you know, still has a long way to go using its primary policy tool, you know, raising interest rates to, to to be able to slow inflation uh, before it gets worse. So, you know, that's a that's a concern. Gary, are there solid economic explanations as why inflation has risen so much and so fast? Uh, what's causing the inflation that we are now seeing, you know, in the at the stores and especially at the gas pump? Paul, let me let me uh, look at something that was done recently by Mark Zandi, the chief economist for Moody's Analytics and uh, a well-respected economic forecasters. And this week he he attributed about one third or, you know, you could say roughly three percent of the inflation to COVID and the COVID related supply chain issues that that haven't gone away quickly as they were once expected to. And, you know, this is a global issue. This is happening everywhere, not just in the U.S. And then Zandi attributed another third. So another, you know, roughly three percent of a percent inflation rate uh, to the shock to the global economy from the inflation, excuse me, from the invasion of Ukraine. You know, the war has caused prices to rise globally, uh, both as a result of the war and as a result of the sanctions on the Russian economy. And that's, you know, especially driven up um, global oil and gasoline prices and uh, grain and food prices. So, you know, it's imp- I think it's important to emphasize that the, the war was an inflation shock, but one that no one could have anticipated back in 2021 when they were expecting the COVID inflation to begin to fade as the, as the pandemic faded. So some good reasons. Gary, there's been lots of talks about a recession and what currently are the labor market indicators showing? Well, the preliminary data for the first quarter uh, showed that the economy was essentially flat with little or no change in GDP, gross domestic product, um, from, from the prior quarter. So you know, output is basically flat. You know, on the positive side, at least through May, the U.S. employment and unemployment data remained robust. Um, the U.S. economy added almost 400,000 jobs in May, um, and the unemployment rate remained very low at only 3.6 percent of the labor force. You know, so that's that's good news. But you know, the, the, the qualifier there is that labor uh, labor market indicators tend to be lagging indicators, so they may there may be a while, even if the economy is slowing, before they they start slowing down. You know, and while the economy rebounded rapidly from the severe 2020 recession, with you know strong part from combination of low interest rates and and, uh, surges in government spending. Um, You know, as the Fed raises interest rates to slow the economy, uh, you still have COVID going on. You still have the uncertainty coming from the (laughs) and the effects from the Ukrainian war continuing. And all all of those things, of course, add to the risk of a recession in, you know, at the end of 2022 or in 2023. Well, how do the indicators of the June economic uh, projections indicate a recession? Well, the Fed um, 
policymakers' June projections, I think, remain pretty optimistic that they can meet the challenge of slowing the economy and inflation without causing a recession. Their most recently published projections for the economy in June, you know, I don't think really indicate a recession. However, you know, they have lowered their above average uh, projections for growth in the economy for 2022 and 2023. Um, and those are now in, in June, they lowered them to basically average growth of about 1.7% a year for 2022 and 2023. So they've, they've lowered the growth for projections. Um, and, you know, with slower growth through the economy, the Fed policymakers are then projecting slight increases in the unemployment rate for 2022 and 2023. But but they still see the unemployment rate remaining below 4% at the end of both years. So, you know, not a huge effect. Um, so, you know, the policymakers at the Fed are not projecting a recession, but it's you know it's a pal- it's a real challenge to get policy right to make a soft landing that slows the economy and brings the inflation rate down to the Fed's target without slowing it too much and causing a recession. Gary, one thing I'm curious about is uh, this inflation a worldwide problem or is it something peculiar to the United States? No, this is a worldwide problem, Paul. Uh, we're seeing you know. <laughs> Energy prices and you know, food prices, for example, are are global. COVID is global. The impacts from the <laughs> war in Ukraine and the Russian invasion are, you know, hit, hitting, you know, major parts of the uh, global economy as well. Um, you know, China's had issues, you know, that have affected the supply chain recently with COVID. So these are these are global issues, and we're seeing inflation higher all over the world. Oh, one more question, Gary. As higher interest rates and inflation hurt the economy, is there a consensus among non-Fed economists that a recession is kind of inevitable or maybe not? Uh, good question. Uh, recent surveys of economists, like the survey of professional forecasters, have shown that you know more of them, probably in the about half of them are are more concerned about prospects of the economy slipping into a recession. You know, on on the other hand, but you know, other expect experts. Um, you know, one one that comes to mind is Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the former Fed chair, who indicated this weekend that she doesn't think that a recession is inevitable, as some economists fear. And you know, that's based on her reading of the current strength of the economy and labor markets, you know, consumers, overall financial health. Um, and, you know, Janet Yellen is somebody who knows the economy and monetary policy very, very well. So, uh, you know, it's still, you know, I have to agree that it still will be a challenge for the Fed and, and other central banks as well to slow their economies with, you know, global inflation high, with COVID still disrupting the global economy and adding inflationary pressures with the, you know, unpredictable war in Europe driving up, you know, global inflation and hurting the global economy. And all, all of these things are adding risks to the outlook and risks of inflation. So, you know, it's it's harder for the Fed uh, to lower inflation, get it back down to an acceptable range, um, and, and to do that before inflation expectations start to lock in at you know the much higher rates of inflation that we're seeing today. You know, so far that hasn't happened, uh, but you know it's a challenge. So you know it's difficult to bring the economy to a soft landing and to lower inflation. But you know, as said, policymakers, it's very important that they be doing that right now and trying to do that right now. Gary, thank you very much, and we. Look forward to talking with you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Take care.
Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Federal Reserve and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.